sleep, just cleaning my giant castle, and I'm happy alone here in the grand cosmos. No flood of light or plague to worry about in here. Go away forever! Porksogram? I didn't order a porksogram. The pixies must be playing another trick on me. Away with you, pest, or I'll have my soldiers upon you. Crystal Exarch? Crystal Exarch? This far away from the tower? Oh, don't be ridiculous. You're just another pixie and I'll have nothing to do with you. Now leave me be. Landshark? I beg your pardon? Landshark. Land shark. Like a shark on land. Oh, it's a riddle. I do love those. Now, maybe it's something that rhymes with it. Oh, 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 Bismarck, it's you. I didn't know you had awoken. Well, why didn't you say so, you silly goof? Here, let me get the door for you. This episode of Stormbuds, we help a dwarf drink the bar empty, we reconnect with a fey recluse, and find out about Elidibus's crazy Ponzi scheme. Welcome to Stormbuds! This is the Final Fantasy XIV recap podcast on a mission to spread the joy of gaming in general, but specifically Final Fantasy XIV. I am your host of Light Jerome Barbots, as joined by my co-host Alex Hambrock. Say Hello! You know, it is kind of an MLM. Like, now that you mention it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. Uh, We'll get there. We've got a lot on our plate for this episode because we are covering the Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers post-patch content and also the role quests. I personally believe... You have to do one of the role quests to, to finish Shadowbringers. I personally believe it's pretty important to do all of them to get the big picture about the the Warriors of Darkness to fully understand this expansion so we're doing that we're gonna cover those um one per episode this episode we're covering the healer role quest and we're covering patches uh, msq patches 5.1 and 5.2 um so that's really exciting we're getting you know closer and closer to the end of our final fantasy 14 uh journey we're well for the main chunk of it right but for now, um, I will say five one and five two had a lot more in them than I thought. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a lot to cover, but we are going to get through it. But first, we must, of course, get distracted by our side quests. What have you been up to this past week or two, whatever? <laughs> well, so I've actually been watching the second season of that show, The Bear. Have you heard about this? The Bear? No, maybe. It's um, it's a the like comedy drama half hour series on Hulu. Season one came out, I think, last year. Oh, it's set and filmed in chicago is the thing oh it's um it's about like an italian beef restaurant that actually is literally two blocks from where my office used to be so i've eaten at this beef restaurant multiple times oh which is um i don't know it's been a really interesting show it's uh, a lot of people are talking very highly about it we kind of burned through season one um about a month ago and have been watching season two and it's i don't know people People say that it's very accurate to the restaurant industry, and having not worked in a commercial kitchen, I have to take their word at it. Oh. I will say also, as a show about running a small business, it is one of the most nightmarishly accurate TV shows I have possibly ever seen, in a way that is giving me some degree of um, traumatic flashbacks as I'm watching it, but that just makes it, I think, an effective piece of art. Oh. If, you don't have any, if you haven't seen any of it, it's kind of hard to provide additional context, but... 
Let's just say there's a scene early on in season two where they're sitting across from a shady guy with a lot of money and they're negotiating loan terms in real time and they just throw out this one sort of big risky proposal that bets it all um, and he does a handshake agreement and I have... I've done a couple of those. Uh, he was like, are you sure you want to commit this to tape and then put that on the internet? <laughs> it's okay. People just need, don't, don't go look at any UCC filings. Okay. They're going to do it. <laughs> so yeah, the bear is, um, the this bear is, is like great. That, that one time when that one guy, I don't, I'm not going to say who, cause he doesn't need any more fucking people calling him, but somebody put their actual, one of the comedians put their actual phone number on CBB more, I think. And then they did that same character on the the comedy bang bang main show and put their phone number on. <laughs> got, whoops and they, whoops they were like this is part of the joke i don't know but no i don't think it'll be that bad but uh that is interesting i'm going to also being the child of a restaurant family i'm not gonna bother yeah <laughs> i, I relive that <laughs> i've seen i've seen things um for my side quest video game wise i finished up a little game an indie game from a scottish uh, developer, I believe, called Sad Owl Studios, called View Viewfinder. Oh, Viewfinder! Yes, uh, I want to yeah. play this. It's good. It's a good little three hour, three to four hour sort of three um, D puzzle game where the main mechanic is you kind of you get. It's kind of like you know you take a you 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 eventually either take or find a picture and place it in the environment, and then you can basically walk into the picture from any perspective. That's about it. Um, and you, uh, I don't really want to say too much more of it because I don't want to spoil any mechanics of it. I've heard that the mechanics are great and the story is not. The story I, they could have done they could have done with a bit more of an environmental approach. Yes, <laughs> um, I think. I mean, that's really all I want to say about it because the 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 big thing that I did this week was I went to a show with a friend, a, a, a live comedy show, right? And this friend is a mutual friend of ours. Um, I will not say her name on the podcast to protect her privacy, but he knows who he, who she is. Um, and of course, in, in most improv shows, right, you get um, you get sometimes you get audience participation suggestions. No, no, this is on audience stage. participation on stage. And who should be the only person in the crowd to want to participate in the improvised dating show? <laughs> but our friend, our mutual wonderful. Oh my friend. god, are you serious? I am one hundred percent. I thought you were talking about yourself. Holy no, shit! No, no, she no, went no, up no, on no, stage. No, 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 no. I'm not up on stage unless somebody's paying me, or if it's like part of if I could put it on my resume or something. If I get something, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving them free, free crap. But she will. <laughs> She got pulled up, and let me let me just give you some of the highlights, right? So it's of course it's a it's a it's everyone's a, favorite thing describing an improv show that you saw. Oh no 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 no! This is funny as fuck. <laughs> this is so. It's not. I don't. This is. All, we're focusing on the friend, the comedians. They, you'll see. So right, it was um just a what's it what's that the 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 game of love the dating whatever like you know. You're just choosing between four potential suitors, right? The Bachelor? Yeah, sh- no, not The Bachelor, but like it's a game show. What the hell? It's like you're behind a screen, right? And then there's Bachelor number one, Bachelor number two, Bachelor number three. What's this question? Mating game? Dating game? I guess it's just called the dating game. Not the mating mating game. That's really fun. No, I think it's just called the dating game. Well, anyway, they had that kind of thing. And one of the... one of The, the first funny thing that happened was one of the things... One of, like The first question she asked them was like, what's your idea of a first date? Or good idea of a first date, right? And one of the, um, the the characters was a baby who was, or like a child who was obsessed with lizards. And they pulled out 
a lizard, like an imp- an improv lizard, and then put it in her hands. She just had it in her hands and froze for a moment, and then just scooped the imaginary lizard into her mouth and ate it. <laughs> and the entire audience like stopped for a second and exploded with laughter. Jesus like, Christ! And from I mean, side note for the rest of the show, I was just like, why did she eat the newt? And then I just could, like was just laughing at nothing because <laughs> holding tears back because I'm just like, why did she do that? Why did she do that? <laughs> and that baby, props to the comedian. The baby was horrified. The rest of the time. <laughs> you ate my lizard. The second question that our friend asked was, "What would you say if I told you I killed a guy?" <laughs> Which was the hugest leap I've ever heard in my life. Is she really good at improv? <laughs> And the and then when she was choosing between the final two, which was like this bird watcher and this really emo kid that was mean to her the whole time, she was like, "Well, it, I am really turned on when people are mean to me, but but I'm gonna have to go with the bird watch." Just it's the audience and the comedians were like fucking in love with her and then they like gave her thanks at the end of the show oh my god for that and they came ah. up to her afterwards it oh was, i wish i'd been there i i it was a spur of the moment thing because we had i felt bad about not making the, our previous hangout so it's yep. like let's just do this thing two of us that was my side quest that's incredible <laughs> moment, i needed to tell you on tape because why did she eat the newt? <laughs> All day today, I've been asking you about the show, and you've just been like, oh, we'll talk we'll about talk it. We'll talk about it. And I've been like, did it go badly? What, did they bomb on stage? Like, what, what could possibly it's just, oh, have it's happened? Not a, <laughs> Nothing to do with them. Yeah, they were great. Okay. But <laughs> that was a good time. Well, that was a fun side quest, wasn't it? Yeah, that's a... I can't top that. We, watch we the bear on, on effects. <laughs> I will not. We are going to get started. You don't watch television. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to get started. We're going to do the healer. We're going to do the roll quests at the, the top of the recap portion of the episode and then get into the MSQ and then kind of wrap things up from there. Um, that's going to be this, the strategy for the next six episodes while we do the f- next five. And then the... Um, and then the, the the master one, as it's called. I looked at that list that you laid out again earlier today, and we have a lot of stuff to do in the next two, like two to three months, I, don't we? Yeah, well, I broke up the Trials and Raid. No, what was it? The Trials and the 5.3, which we normally do together. Mm-hmm. I broke those two up because, yeah, I mean, we last time we did that in Stormblood, it was, it was a lot. And I was like, okay, we have a lot of roll quest and stuff to do. I mean, the roll quests are pretty fast. Um, let's just get into it. Um, we're starting with the healer ones, which is, uh, at, at the, at the Crystarium starts at a dwarf named Giot. Giot. Uh, and the first quest she offers us is called traditions and travails. Um, we are kind of, well, actually, why don't you, why don't you take us away with the summary and we can i'll add color commentary for the moment i will do i will say the first four or so quests in this i took uh fairly mashed together notes uh-huh. so it's gonna be hard to break oh apart. yeah because you were like leveling up and we were doing all the other episodes so i can yes. cover anything 
I think, because I did them. I had to do them all at once because of how New Game Plus works. Yeah. Anyway, but so so uh, Giat is here in at the bar. Giat uh, is on a quest from the uh, elders, and like the, before anything else happens, we just have to go out and prove that we are an effective healer because uh, they're looking for a healer to accompany them on sort of this uh, this quest that they have. They are. Yeah. They're they're they were tasked with hunting a particular sin eater. That's no joke. Yes. Uh, sin eater is known as uh, Sosafrin. Uh, Sofra sign. I may have spelled this every single place that I wrote it. Okay, software sign. Mm. But yeah, so uh, before we, we go out, we have an encounter. Uh, Gyat does absolutely nothing but basically get themselves beat up, and then we effectively heal all their broken bones. And they're like, great, I drew mm-hmm. their attention, and you did everything else. You're hired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that's basically... Basically, it, 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 this this card we do, we also learned that this software sign takes the guise of a dwarven white mage who is one of the warriors of light. Yes, and its very existence brings shame to the dwarven people because it is a dwarf that is well, it, yeah, it is a dwarf that is walking around without its helmet on, and uh, also I guess bringing about the end of the world, whatever. But the helmet thing is more, much more important. To it's, it. it's very funny. Like yeah. uh, th- this is um this is the yeah this is a, it's like- very goofy. We're not going to cover every g- gaff and goof. Because we have a lot to get through, but yeah, but yes. yeah. this is uh, Lamit is the uh, the name. La, of the, yeah, Lamit is the the name of the original dwarf, and she's whatever who got turned um, into software. Yeah, after after that, she says, "Come back after she's had a couple hundred more drinks, and we will continue the quest." So at level eighty two. We come back and we learn about we get the quest affronts and allies. Now, like we. We want to go out and confront software sign because, like, the thing that Giada said is the problem that that they are having, that she is having with trying to kill the Sin Eater, is that software sign has the healing magic that uh, Lamit had, and so she just keeps healing herself and healing other Sin Eaters in a yeah. way that is making it impossible to keep them down. Right? Yeah. Um, we're so basically we're t- we're tasked. We're not going to expect to beat her, but we are going to get some information out just by kind of. Luring and observing, right? So we go, um, we injure some sin eaters, draw her out. She then appears. She heals the sin eaters. But in doing so and being in our presence, we get our echo vision, which is wild. We get an echo vision from a sin eater. That is not something... Oh, well, I guess we had it with Vothri. I... In Vothri's yeah. room, so that works. I continue to think there was something more complicated going on with the Sin Eaters, but also they kind of seem to be out of the story at this point, so maybe we just aren't going to find out more. Uh, yeah, the the we get an echo vision of, of Lamet, who, with her hood on, who heals Ardbert, who misgenders her, and she's understandably upset. Well, but, but the hood has a beard on it. Um, it's ambiguous. It's whatever. I don't, wait, I don't think any of them have real beards. Aren't they all They're all hoods. They're yeah, all they're all... The, yeah. Because every single one of them, male or female, when they take their hood off, also takes the beard yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, um, Or if they do have a beard, it's like a small Fu Manchu, right, on top of a Lala felon head. Um, so, but what's nice is that they're both in their cute little adventure gear, and they go on some fun adventures and get new gear, kind of like what, what we did at the beginning of our thing, right? Um we're then woken uh, by the end of that vision. We're woken up rudely by Giat with a round of insults, um, and we head back to the Crystarium to ponder what we saw. Yeah, that's, that's a, about it, right? Th- these quests are very start-stop in that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. um, you're supposed to do them while you do other stuff. So the level eighty-six quest uh, is the scientific method, and uh, Giat has an idea after, of course, pounding about another two hundred more ales. I guess is the number. They're they're really exaggerating. But you know she's that's that's part of what dwar- makes dwarves who they are. So what if we try healing in s- a sin eater instead of hurting it? What if we use our healing magic? Is that actually going to to help? Like the the goal here is to understand 
if there is a difference between our healing magic and software science. It'd be very funny if it was running on like second edition D&D rules and like mm. healing magic harms senators or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's find, reversed. But yeah, no, yeah. It does, we, we're going to find out. Uh, spoilers, we find out it does not appear to do anything. Not, yeah, we beat a senator up. Healing doesn't work. Which just We deduce that it's not alive to begin with, so our magic doesn't work. But it's weird that software sign only shows up to heal some of the senators and not others, right? We beat up a scorpion at this point and the software sign is nowhere to be seen. All right. I mean, that's it. Level 86 quest done. Go back. Uh, pond, have some more Have some more beers. Level 88 quest, the lost and the found. Oh, look, she's drinking some more. Okay, cool. This is a lot less fun when you have to do them all at once. Because <laughs> it's just like the same bit over and over again. Okay, but we are headed off to the uh, Raktika Greatwood because Sofracine has been spotted there. Yes. Let's go observe some more. There's a minor duty here where we kill the Sin Eater and Sofracine herself who then self-resurrects and gives us another uh, Echo Vision. This time we are in a dungeon with a small party. Uh, it looks to be of Runken Orange, like a Runken Temple. like we were giant, A giant owl statue. There's a giant owl statue, a giant owl enemy um, who we beat with, uh, with a small party. And Lemmet gets a, a quote-unquote spell, I guess. I don't know why I have it there. A spell that can save her sister in the form of an orange crystal of light. The lost Something. restorative magic of Runka. Yeah. So we get the, this crystal of light. We learn more about Lamet's motives and why she was adventuring to begin with. Um, well, so to I, save her sister, right? So there's family involved. I should say, it's not just any crystal. The crystal looks like the kind that we kept yeah, getting back Yeah, it's a crystal of light. Yeah. Uh, specifically. It's possible that that Runken spell is the secret to Sofrasine's power, that crystal of light, perhaps. So that's, I, that's really valuable insight. Uh, we wake up, head back take two levels of time to reconvene to to drink more i guess and we then come up on the final uh, roll quest uh which is level 90 never to return okay so that sister thing was a huge lead we're gonna check out uh, the village tamra to see what's up on that front and um we visit an area in tamra called the blightworns where a sin eater once was right um and giat has taken down Yes. And this is also... Because this is where they used, the dwarves who had the stone yes. blight sickness were kind of exiled into these warrens. Yes, and Lamit did once trespass in here, and and uh, we get we learn about that, and then we immediately get an echo vision of why. So this echo vision is of her, with her hood on, right? I think of being her banished, because she brought strangers, aka her party, into this, this blight warrens, which is basically just a a cesspool leper colony leper colony yeah to cure the people of of a, of a kind of an unspecified blight granted all of the dwarves that were in the blight warrens took their helms off because it was too stuffy they couldn't breathe through the beards and also like at a certain point when like your village has exiled you to die in a cave i you think really you stopped caring about cultural customs yeah so they uh basically are like lamet you're exiled you you've, you've done messed up every one of the dwarves also that was in the blight warrens that's cured also leaves um and Ardbert, uh, is like she just cured your people of like this the sickness yes. like are you nuts yeah Ardbert tries to, but it's, but they say it's not his place they just don't have any of it and they send they send them off uh Lamet, Lamet just knew that this was going to happen so she accepts her fate she said after this is said and is done is like listen there's a problem at hand here the cause of the blight you know that that shadow keeper we've heard that name before um right so they're they're and we um Oh, maybe this isn't the 90 quest. It's not, because to... I think you're off by two levels. Oh, Soul of Temperance sh- is next. Yuck. So this is the level 88 one. I think, let's see. So, 
Oh, there's 80, 82, 84, 86. So this was the, okay, my bad. I won't mess it up next time for sure. Um, the numbers probably Listeners, pay attention to that. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, so this is the end of the level 88 quest. After it's said and done, we learn about the, the vision phase and Giot has a lot of feelings to process. Because oh, no, like, everything that I thought about this story might have been wrong. Yeah, well, all right. Get better drink. <laughs> so, Giat is in very low spirits, so it's our turn to insult her to get her worked up again. Fabulous. One second. Sorry, it's getting a work thing. Thought I closed it. <clears throat> yes, and that brings us to tempered soul or something i forgot the name of the, the soul, soul of temperance the soul of temperance i didn't so remember that mystery yeah why does opera seeing cure some dwarves but or some incendiaries but not others yeah let's uh we killed a sin eater in the blight warrens and then software sign revived it did I, I miss this i guess we missed this i maybe wasn't paying attention no this happened you, in there I, I i vaguely have this down as well okay well, she's healing the same folks she healed before, right? That's what we come up with. Yeah, so like the, the dwarves who were infected with the stone blight, who she cured back in the day, Sofrasine is now heal- going around making sure that the dwarves, who, that they all turned into sin eaters because, you know, flood of light and all of that. Right. And so, and is going around keeping them alive continuously. Yeah, uh, they're all helmless, right? That's the thing. So we have to lure her out and then put a hat on her to stop her from healing herself. Yeah, well, first we got to put a hat on the other Sin Eaters to stop her from healing them, and then okay. we put a hat on her well, to stop I her mean, from healing. I mean, yeah, we know yeah. what the objective is, right? She's healing the ones without hats on. Yeah. Because, like, the Sin Eaters aren't smart. Really. Yeah, they she, just, she's kind of running on her last running on her last sort of, like, like sort you know, of a directive. rigor mortis sort of impulse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little dumb. <laughs> I don't know. Like this one, I don't know. I, this feels that they had to kind of back their way into this one. I feel like this one. It's like this one's kind of a weird, like jokey one. Um, but it is funny. I mean, kind of. There's a moment where like we throw the last helm onto Sofrasine, but then she blows it up. So and then so she Yacht has to, to take off her helmet, helmet in order to like she has to shame herself by taking off her helmet in order to throw it onto the Sin Eater, and then we finally do the thing. Yeah. Then the. Uh, she doesn't. Run, the The body then dissipates once we beat Sofrasine with a hat on, um, and the crystal, the 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 old crystal that's now gray and expire. What the heck? Devoid of light drops from her corpse, and Lamit's shade appears and kind of speaks to itself. Without it doesn't. It's not. It's speaking. Yeah, she's but it's not not, to not talking to us. She's really. not there. Giat's trying to address her, and like she's not listening. It's similar to like the shade of Ardbert, but Ardbert had more autonomy this is just sort of like a recording i guess a memory imprint on the crystal maybe um the world was worth saving she says and it was really hard for her it's touching something nice hope you're doing well arbert whatever and it dissipates it's it's nice that i presume that all of these i presume that most of these are all these are going to be about sort of the warriors yes. of darkness yes. like and how much sort of like arbert meant to them and stuff like that yes that is nice. I was more down with that when it didn't turn out that Ardbert was also part of my soul. And so in a way, this also is just the game having everyone praise no, my character. No, again. no, 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 no. Ardbert is not part of your soul. The 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 two you're, or like you're different the version people. of me on this yeah, world. Yeah, you're different people, right? Um and you are a, like the people that share the same soul and different they're they're different, right? So it's not there are similarities there's certain there are certain ways in which your soul kind of has habits and memories and like 
things like that. Um, but similar to how kind of the different incarnations of Minfilia maybe were different or the different. I, okay. I, but like if I went to like the fifth or whatever, I wouldn't find like an Ardbert looking dude running around. I mean, if the, if the Ardbert dude happened to be alive at the time, you know, that's uh, and also at where, if time was progressing at the same time, there have to be like, they'd have to contrive some other reason for us to go to our reflection, which they will eventually. I'm sure. Um, we got eight more expansions to get through. Yeah, there's still a lot of the current planet to explore. Um, so, anyway, we, yeah, we, Giot also kind of rejoices in her newfound exiledom after we head back to the Crystarium by drinking. I don't care for her. <laughs> you know, like the Edgar Wright movie, The World's End, where it seems like it's a Edgar Wright comedy about an alien invasion and Fred's dealing with it, but then it turns out halfway through, it's actually a really sort of deep interrogation of the um, monstru- monstrous nature of alcoholism. I do not. This is not that. Okay. This really does not seem to have anything. Let's move on to the MSQ. 5.1's first quest is Shaken Resolve. Hold on a sec. I got to go like eight pages of notes. Well, Here I'm we going to keep talking, and then you could do that quietly while I start summarizing the quest. Okay, first quest is called Shaken Resolve. Wonderful. The quest starts with us catching Tataru up on our time in the first, and she asks for us to uh, spend some time with her and Flamine in the House of Splendors to kind of give her the update on what happened with Minfilia. She I, deserves closure. Minfilia. I will yeah. I will say really quick, like, we're going to have to move quick through this stuff because yes. a lot happens. It is, this is nice. It is nice being this back in really Revenant's nice. Toll. I have not spent time in yes. here since we started and, recording Shadowbringers, really. is excellent. Flamine's just great. Um, she is sad but takes it with a plum and grace, and she tells us to give Reen her thanks for carrying on Minfilia's duty and letting her her daughter rest. You know what's nice about Flamine? She's not at this point seemingly motivated to set out on some weird misguided quest to like bring Minfilia's soul back by summoning 18 crystals into a lattice work that will like create a primal that will destroy the earth. I'm just saying, it's nice to have a character who like Except can process death. loss. Yes. Uh yeah, well she is of a certain age and a certain wisdom. Um she's but yeah, uh our moment is interrupted by Camp Bronze Lake Whistler extraordinaire Real, who has some not news about our helper. Oh, there's an informant over the border who's fallen silent. He's going to go check it out. Okay. Thanks. Well, that could have waited. Also, Kyle wants to talk to us. Kyle wants to talk to us. Which I am always down for. Yes, me too. It's been, we've been so absent. Well, I mean, reasonably so. We've just not had to deal with Kryle in a while, and we love her. So she has been, oh, we're back in the Rising Stones. She has been monitoring the rest of the Scions and confirms that their souls are experiencing some instability in their ether. And the longer they've been there, the more unstable they get. It's like the connection between their souls over there and their bodies here is degrading. Over and time. So, mm-hmm. um, so we have our mission. We got we to gotta get them back. To the ocular. And like, we don't have infinite time for this. I mean, we really never don't. thought we did, but now we really don't. Uh, Graha is taken <laughs> back by the, uh, we explain everything, right? Every, we, get, we get a round table going. And this really begins the first of what will be many times where our role in this basically is to just carry information back and forth between two alternate realities because no one else can talk or communicate or move. That's, you know what? Props to them for committing to that. It's not too bad. Um, it's not like going back to the Waking Sands in the same planet where everyone has link pearls and can communicate and they just choose not to. At, yeah. At least the crystal drops us off right outside the door. <laughs> yeah. Um, Graha is taken back by the instability of the science souls. Did not, I mean, this is all new territory. Um, and uh, so he, he 
has a little uh, a small gathering of everyone. Thancred and Reen are busy with the empty, with all that you know, with all that other stuff that we'll get to later. Um, and we tell the scions what's up with, and then we tell the Sci- we tell everyone what's up about their souls. Garaha thinks it's time to explain the spell he used to bring them here, which, which ends up tearing a hole in reality tailored to the object of summoning through which the intended target may pass through this description is so funny it's like he like it's like paper dolls like he yes. cuts like a little outline it's like the- he's like that woman on tiktok being like so if we were to talk to our friend in the two di- second dimension and we were to take the hat and flip it around on its reverse they would not be able to replicate it like that's what this is that's what's going on here you know You've probably not seen her, but you will now. It's the Junji Ito story with the holes in the cliff. You just no, that's not what I said at all. (laughs) That's not get out of here. Banish those thoughts. Anyway, okay. Point being that when he tried to grab, he was trying to pull everyone through an us-shaped hole in reality, but because they weren't us-shaped, he just got their souls. He wasn't trying to pull. He was just trying to pull us. And mm-hmm. he missed. He wasn't trying yeah, to pull anyone out. Sure, else. right. He kept messing us and grabbing other people and like pulling them through the wrong shaped hole. And so, uh, <laughs> so, and his reaction here is like, well, the original plan I had to send everyone home was for me to die, which would undo the whole spell. We'll keep looking for other options, but if the only way to get everyone home is to kill me, we can do that. And <laughs> Alice is like, don't be a dumbass. We're not killing you. <laughs> And Graha was like, see, see, I told you. <laughs> I told you, Ariange, we couldn't tell them. And Ishtola at this point comes up with a great thought. She's like, you know, when the warrior of light travels between worlds, he doesn't arrive naked on the other side. He does bring yeah, all we of... All, we, we all teleport with clothes. What if we were the clothes? <laughs> uh, elaborate. Okay, fine. We'll put our souls inside a white aura site, like we do with the Asians, and then put the damn... Or a sight on the Warrior of Light, or maybe up his ass. Who knows? Graha knows a guy that can get this done. <laughs> on the far shore, there's a palace of the elves. Yes, there's a on the far shore of the Source, which is confusingly named the the the. the it's a lake in Lakeland called the Source, which is not the same as the Source planet, which is the, that we came the, from. Uh, I was confused about this. I I was too, and I've been playing this game for <laughs> fucking. Eight years. Anyway, abandoned palace colonized by a Numo who lives there as a recluse. <sighs> colonized, I guess. I get inhabited. Inhabited, occupied. Yeah, occupied. Uh, they wouldn't even help with the flood. That's they suck. But you know, we have favor with the Fey folk, so we could probably get in there. Ring, probably ring, ring them out for a little help. Okay, so a grand adventure. And um, because this, uh, we're going to have two appearances this episode, I did hire the Dungeon Recap Goblin to come on in. Oh, Dungeon Recap Goblin. Good Hello, Dungeon Recap Goblin. Better the Grand Cosmos. Are you ready? I- I'm ready? Yes, are you ready? Okay. You have a terrible habit of not responding to me. I'm ready. Take us into the Grand Cosmos. Thank you very much. The dungeon has crazy offensive vibes, but then you get into a fight and it's metal music. It's a bit weird. The whiplash is kind of awkward. Boss number one. Take her off, solitude. It's the fake folk. They sweep the floor with the ice and then knock you around. Gotta dodge the brooms. Boss number two. It's Lena and Sith, formerly known as Lena and Rhymes. It's a plant lady, and you play seedling chess. You do. 
Boss number three, Lucas. Shit's on fire! You're on fire! Get the fire off you, put other things on fire! Oh my god! Nothing's on fire, you're gonna die! There's nothing left! Whew! That's a crazy one. You run out of furniture and then they just start doing AoE, it's not so bad. Alright, I'll see you later! Bye, Dungeon Goblin! You know, I, I, I've been a bit unsure about that guy, but that was pretty good. <laughs> I've always, I've let it be known that I've always loved the Dungeon Goblin. <laughs> We've used, uh, we, we meet up with, um, with the Seeker of Solitude, whose name we now know as, uh, Beck Lug. And, um, of course, since they are a Numo, we use some of the magic dog words on them. Which, like, Alphano was, like, half doing, like, the earnest speech, just kind of, like, asking her to help us, and half doing, like, you know, the whole, like, dog phrases, like, you know... Did you say her? Her? Is it, isn't Beck Lug a Them. Woman? Them, okay. All faith folk are them. Gotcha, okay. Alphie, Alphano is half trying to convince them, and half using the dog words, and, like, there's a bit of the afterwards where he's like, I feel a bit guilty about that, and it was like, I just have to convince, not to compel, then don't use them, you dick, but, anyway, <laughs> the actual conversation itself, it's, it's like a Jedi mind trick, like, the Jedi mind trick is fucked up. Um, well, well, they are, I mean, they are made, they are essentially kind of summoned beings to... Maybe it's maybe not summons not the right word, but basically they they are so compelled by those by those magic words to please and they get an innate pleasure out of helping other people or whatever. Um, but Becklug is a little bit above that. Yes. So we end up just having to reason with them being like, hey, uh, listen, all, all the stuff, all the stuff, all the, the night coming back, that was us. Everything was us. This was, we saved the world. You could do these people a favor by helping send their souls back to source. Just first off, first off, speaking of source, just trust us, but also check their souls. You have, you know, you can look, you you understand how souls work, right? And Beck looks like, oh, yeah, I guess their souls are about seven times thicker than the rest of us. <laughs> I guess it's pretty obvious. It's <laughs> like, I guess if the science are just like very, very manifested souls, have they needed to eat while they've been here? Yes. Like, they've all had soup. I guess they've all had soup. You're right. Okay. <laughs> soup. Soup constantly. So, so like, so, so like at the start, they're like, okay, I will, I will help you if all we're doing is sending their souls back, but there will be payment. And then after we tell them the entire plot of Shadowbringers, they're like, all right, well, that story was payment enough for me <laughs> okay got it <laughs> um we, we tell them about the oversight plan and their immediate reaction is holy nope. shit no don't do that <laughs> <laughs> they will lose their entire personality <laughs> don't do that they will yeah the souls will eventually turn into husks like and they might just the end. end up in the oversight forever and, and alice say kind of like is remarked like oh kind of I guess they would turn into the people like at the end. And Becklug's like, I would like to see those people. <laughs> yeah, Becklug, very interested in the folks who are kind of going through the senior conversion process. The prognosis is grim once we get there, but there may be hope. There is a treatment that used to be used by the Verbatite army to stimulate ether. And two of the three treatments seem successful. Yes, we go on giving folks potions. So that treatment heals the body, stimulates the body ether, but not so much the immaterial, the soul ether. So poor Halric doesn't really respond to it that well, because his, yeah. his body is too far gone. Halric is, is, is our little our little kid friend, the little yeah. zombie boy who got Teslin killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alice then begs for us to maybe help his cause further, even though it's not exactly what we're here to do. However, Beck Lug, being the inquisitive mind 
they are, and they understand that the world is pretty much always interconnected at all times, uh, they think that maybe the treatment may not be so unrelated to the task at hand, and that would make sense. I mean, that would make sense as to why they even wanted to come here in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and also like good very, for the soul. Good for the soul. Very convenient. Time for some chicken soup. Let's go screw the metaphysics. <laughs> Let's go screw the metaphysics. Alice says, "Just tell me what to do." <laughs> All right, we have a new idea. Um, what we could do is we could summon a familiar and then channel ether revitalizing magic through the familiar in order to like help Halric. Screw the metaphysics. Tell me what to do. I'll, okay. <laughs> We need the purest of waters, the finest of clays, and a fey lantern brimming with spirit. Son of a bitch! Um, whatever. We go get stuff. The twins get we, the ill meg. We go get the clay. We get it from Magnus and Co. They're all they're super into trolleys still. They're super into trolleys, and they mentioned Chinese who stopped by. That was nice. Yeah, we're gonna get more about that later. Um, okay. Um, so, so uh, Alice asks, uh, "How do you do the spell?" And Becklug offers to teach her. Um, especially because affinity for the subject helps power of the spell. And Becklug is like, okay, you need to shape a porksy out of clay. Yes. That is a, a plump pixie. Yes, uh, the porksy of the piggies uh, that we've been kind of dealing with. Um, so Alice does, there's a really nice cut scene here where Alice makes what is what the most wonderful... <laughs> You know, concoctions, and it is. She tried the, very hard. She tried very hard. So it sort of she she they really put the music in. She puts her arms and a whole whole soul into it, and what appears to come out of the plate is a semi kind of two dimensional rendering of a, a uh, of a brown sort of bean shaped blob with two flaps for arms, uh, very unevenly placed. Uh, uh, as you know, as Alex is wanting to say, a chevron for a mouth. Uh, kind of a, a sideways eight for a nose that is very lopsided. I'm looking at it now. It looks kind of like a cheap cheap from Mario. It looks like a cheap cheap from Mario with a big snout. Yeah, uh, yeah, just two uh, little ears and the legs that are just like up and spread open. There's just legs that are up and Look, spread. <laughs> it, that, that clay is hard to work with. Clay is very hard to work with. Alphano, I mean Alphano, being the artist and the 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 ever competitive spirit that he is with his twin, begins to make fun of. Her. But Beck, uh, and she gets a little upset. But Becklug says Beck to pay him like, no mind. You know, pay no pay him no mind. Though it may look like a grotesque parody of reality, it's whatever the invoker believes that matters. Cool, <laughs> thanks. Really nice backhanded compliment there. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, it's time for the incantation. It's time for Alice to recite a poem and concentrate a bunch of energy, and it yeah. does spring to life as a fully formed, cute flying pig, porksy fairy thing. And this porksy must need to have a name, something like David or or Sirius or Sirius. Go, Angelo. You know, I I said Angelo is a pretty good name in hindsight. It's a bit on the nose. I didn't quite realize it just was like Angel, but... Angelo, Angel, also, yeah, it's a bit on the nose, but it's also... I just think Angel is a good name for a pet. <laughs> it is the name of the dog that in Final Fantasy VIII, Renoa uses in her limit break. Mm, okay. So it is a callback to, again, a ver- another Angel. Th- um, it's another... on. She's very Angel-themed as well, so it's a little, an, again, on the nose, but... yeah. But Angelo goes over to Halric, and Halric kind of like you know uh, lifts his hands to his chest, and he 
he kind of speaks. He goes, ma. It's it's incoherent, but it's like he does a nice ASMR video. But then he also sadly, like before I make fun of him too much, he goes, mother, starts crying. Yeah, Um, but it's a start. Like point is, it's not an immediate cure, but it's a start. Yeah, his spell fades and his soul returns to stasis, but progress! And Becklug is also like, now I can figure out how to do the opposite, which is to take vital souls and put them into stasis and stagnation. And Alice also makes a comparison here. Oh, this condition that's happening where the soul becomes severed from reality, unable to interact with the world around it, it sounds to her kind of like tempering. Yes. And Alphano says what I said, which is like, that doesn't sound that similar, but she's like, no, she's thinking of Gabu specifically and like sort of like the the tempering that he underwent as part of the whole stuff with the, um, with, with Titan. Yeah, where he, I mean, his, I mean, it was essentially his will imprinted onto Titan, and then it was just the ether aspect, right, that that ended up sort of taking away his his agency. Um, So, Becklug is like, that sounds like a bit of a long shot, but you could try. I can't do the voice. (laughs) That sounds, you know, certainly not impossible. But we'll see. Sure, go try it. You know, we're always we're always thinking about our little our, our special boy Gabu. Okay. Nowhere to turn. This quest. We go back to you. We already go back to you more. Uh, because the uh, Kai Shirai, the catboy, turns up saying that oh. uh, Lady Chai is sighing and pacing. Oh yeah, they. She shows up in Amarang. I was like, okay. So we go back, and she says, "Master, oh, Master Chinos is gone, and he got elected mayor of Alava." Too much for her poor heart to bear alone. Yeah, well, well, we go find him, and that's the whole quest. Yeah, I mean, the, like, the, okay, we'll, we'll go, we'll go look for him. It's fine. The point is, they held an election for their leader. Nobody wanted to run, so then they voted on everybody, and he won. <laughs> what a nightmare! An entire write-in ballot would be for the presidency. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, like, what if like he won with like three point four percent of the vote? He just got more than everyone. Yeah, else. I don't know. That's a. Uh, she thinks that like he ran off because of the pressure and like she's like she feels guilty because she kind of pushed him to you know step up for the role and Alfred is like I think that's unlikely something else is going on let's go find him yeah so a notable absence is the quest we ask around um, and uh, the NPCs thus say that they are uh, that he was concerned about Yulmore's neglect of industry defense and medicine and clothes and supplies for the four people yeah well so we don't wanted to find work for them we don't we can't make anything and we're out of food and money and most of the soldiers have fled so how, how do we have a city uh he, well the first thing we get first thing that was on his mind he wanted to find work for the people to be able to build their own resources and life back yes he is trying to sort of like bootstrap this whole region back into some kind of like ecological like farming productivity sustainability like make mm-hmm. it so that people can like there's no Eat more meal live. so yes. <laughs> uh yeah that's, that's no there's no defense with people with starving people or and also no industry so we he we Chase after him to Gate Town, not in Gate Town. We learn he's in was in right. Uh, we ask around in right. They said we don't really want to help you more out right now. We're a little still a little resentful. We know Vothri's gone, so we're just gonna wait and see what happens. So we didn't. We just sent him off, uh, and then he likely went to the last place we could think of is Amity. So we went up the ladder. Hey, there he is. And we, we <laughs> tell so him. Bad. We tell him his wife is worried sick, and he's like, "What? I left a letter in our room explaining everything." Ah. <laughs> uh, He's still a bit overwhelmed. Uh, no, we're not completely wrong. He's a bit overwhelmed, and we encourage him a bit. But he he also admits he is wanting counsel and seeks the former advisor to Vothri's shithead father. Why? 
this character's going to turn out to be a pretty good guy. Yeah. But like the logic at this here, point, not knowing that, I, I also was like, there are probably there was probably somebody who was there. Can we get like a mid level clerk, just someone who knows kind of how the books add up? Or maybe somebody from like another city who might want. I don't know. Like, anyway, we track him down, and he's not happy to see Chino's really. Uh, his uh, name's Rendon. Rendon. Rendon with the W. Uh, yeah, like R E N W R E N. That's it. R E N W R D E N D N R Rendren. Calls out Chai's indolence and asks what kind of nation Yulmore he wants to be. What uh, what the sentence I have here is asks what kind of nation Yulmore. That's all I wrote, so that's helpful yeah, for future like, me. Like, Rendon was like a guy who like worked for Vathri's father, got disillusioned, kind of went into self-imposed exile. Once Chai News to kind of like give him like a pitch for like why should I come back and help you with this? And, like, are you just like another Chai News talks boy? about socialism. <laughs> Basically, he, he immediately is like, "Well, and I think we like, should abolish eh? <laughs> we should abolish all classes, and we should take from each according to their abilities and give to each according to their need." <laughs> All right, time to prove your socialism to me, Rendon, Mr. To me, Rendon, the gatekeeper of socialism. The goal is to get the support of the nearby villages to produce food and to assist with all this production. We are going to take back the roaming Talos. Yes, the idea is like, uh, oh, and here's the thing also. To bootstrap this whole industry farming environment and get it back up and working, we do need like some free labor, which fortunately we have in the form of magic golems. That sure would make a lot of things in real life easier (laughs) if we just had magic robots. Let's not go down the whole AI debate. We okay. find, <laughs> there's a that's there's a rabbit hole of current events happening that Yeah, it would make things nice, but would it finding good help is the follow up question. It would have tried to controlled it. Yeah. Anyway, okay. That's true. The this is I have underlined here in caps Annoying sniper duty, Christ eat dust. <laughs> Chai Nose needs to sneak up on the Talos and drop some stun powder that disrupts their etheric veins or whatever. Cool. We have to use the sniper interface We do it three times. It's annoying. Whatever. Okay. We whatever. do it. Yeah. And Rendon's like, yes, now we take all the Talos back to you more. And they fuck the, the sight of an army of golems scares the shit out of everyone in Gate Town. I do like after he gets the third golem, the level up music plays. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. The, 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 the guards are called, but then Chai News takes back. But then here comes, it's like, hey, it's just me. And then Dulia runs out and is like, oh, love, I love you so much. And she assassinates him. Yeah, she picks up her husband and she squeezes him so hard that it appears that his spine actually breaks. And yeah. I say actually because Alphano has to heal him. Alphano yeah, does have to heal him. Um, he apologizes for his absence and takes office, after which he gets promptly assassinated again. <laughs> okay. They're a very loving it's relationship. Very much a, yeah, sorry, assassinate. I mean, I mean, chiropractic. Chiropractic, you know, yeah. Same thing. We now must address the masses as mayor. Okay. But for mayor, for mayor. Moving forward is the name of the next quest, and it is the cutscene where we make up our way up to the horribly huge mayor room and address the masses. As we said before, Chai just coughs on all of them right before COVID strikes. This patch came out 29th of October, 2019. Jesus Christ. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> okay. I will say also, like, Shina's as a character nice. always growing on me. The correct move here. The speech that he lays out here, like, really clearly and 
without any ambiguity is like, look, we are completely redoing the entire social order. No more bonded, no more free, no more derelicts, none of the differentiation. It is like everyone is on the same playing field. And like, yeah, in the and like in the wake of a calamity like this, if you're trying to like get a new social structure off the ground, I do think you kind of have to, you have to be very explicit and very like straightforward about how you're going to do stuff differently yeah, out of the gate. Of course, that's a lot easier with a group, a much smaller group of people. Yeah, sure. It being like 50 who, folks is yeah, <laughs> because they're just struggling stragglers, people who didn't flee. They're people who stuck around and didn't die and whatever. Um, so they have not, you know, been either ostracized or fled. So I guess they're pretty easy to convince. Um, and once his speech is done, um, also he's only going to be an interim mayor. He's going to do the whole George yeah. Washington thing and ensure there's a smooth transition of power. Yeah, that worked out. Vows of virtue, deeds of cruelty. <laughs> hey, Trump just got indicted for Gen Six. You know. <laughs> Okay. Let's check in on the other thing we were doing with the souls and such. There's some people who come by, by the way, after that, and they're like, I want to help, which is nice. Yeah. Um, we check in on the other thing, you know, that with that souls and such. Uh, the sad news is, we go back to the Crystarium and talk with Backlog. Sad news is White Orisite, as predicted, would totally make their souls blank. Uh, we need a new way to transport the mind and soul together. The Exarch has an idea, um, and it is related to his royal eye, royal blood thing that controls the Crystal Tower. It's got memories and mind and stuff. Like, so what if in we a crystal soul crystals? So like, what if we use that technology to make crystals in the soul? Because that's like what the crystal tower kind of does. And then, so like, so this is our plan. And then we report back to Tataru. And then like, mm. out several cutscenes will play. Yeah, out of nowhere, several cutscenes will play. I mean, I guess not out of nowhere. We're at the end here, but yeah, it's the end of five point one. Okay, Cryo slowed down the rate of decay, so we have more time. Um, sure. Then Astinian marches in. First time we've seen him like in person in a hot second. Yeah, he's the informant, turns out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of could have figured, but whatever. Yeah. He catches up us us up on the cutscenes we all saw. So now our Warrior of Light and Tataru and Kryle are now privy to the meanwhiles we've been getting. So that's mm-hmm. good that they didn't drag that out too long. Um, Xenos is back. He killed Ver- his father, the Emperor, and he's got a hella strong soul now. We get a migraine now, so we get to actually see what happened at the end of 5.0 that faded to black after Gaius engaged. Um, the Shadow Hunter and the Azure Dragoon fight Xenos at this point, and it's a spiffy cutscene. It's a, yeah, it's a spiffy cutscene. They get mistaken uh, at the due to the positioning of the fight. They end up on after some beautiful choreography. They end up on the side with Varus's dead body and Xenos is opposing them. Classic mix-up. Classic mix-up. You just you're standing over the king's dead body and the guards rush in and you try and say no, it was him, but you're standing right next to it, and so the and obvious assumption he that they make. his father and Xenos is like, ugh, they're just a, this is annoying, and then darkly teleports out there and nobody questions that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I guess Xenos can just walk into portals now. He's got Asian powers. Um, he stole, he, he stole the echo and his soul became a lot stronger. The, uh, entire Garlean contingency, one of the contingencies is here. Um, and, and Hey, we do a little cutscene and we run into the twins that we fought at the, what was it? The Gimlet Dark? Or the I, I think so. Yeah. Star as well. I think also, the dark. For some reason, it's very cool. Gaius fires off one shot at a yep. mech and makes it explode, which is a great little thirty-second sequence. Yeah, he's he's Gaius is fucking sick. We get a solo duty as a Stinian. Um, 
fight the twins again. Uh, also, and there's also some weird ass Ultima looking weapon thing are called the Arc Arc Ultima. I completely forgot about this. Well, now I'm curious because they're setting it up to be a big thing in the future. So if you it forgot, it is a big thing in the future. I still come. I have an. How did I forget about it's, this? It's, this is so important. It's very fucked up. <laughs> it's an Ultima weapon. Only it's being powered by like a, a person. person. A, a, only the person appears to have pure white eyes and is just screaming in pain. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I forgot about it, but I did. I'm just being honest. Um. It's a cool fight. You channel Nidhogg, and then you get to use some of his powers, like the little eye things in the ground and the I, and the Star Diver and stuff. I, I've got like a note, a note from the start of the duty. I'm like, man, is this what playing Dragoon is like? Because this is this sort is of. Sick. You don't you don't get all the Nidhogg. Well, powers. yeah. Because then at the end, I'm like, I don't actually know if I want to play Dragoon. I think I just want to be a Stinian. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a reasonable a reasonable desire. Um, Estinian, we get back, you know, to the present day. Estinian's not exactly pleased that we echoed in. And was like, well, don't we have a fucking choice? We got it. Uh, Kryle also got a version of it. I think she, hers wasn't interactive. Yeah, I was but like, she did, did she get, like, have to fight this thing? No, she just watched, I guess. That's convenient. Um, Garlemald, we, he declares that the Black Rose is no more due to, um, Xenos having killed, uh, his father. And the re- the motivation as such is that the black rose was interfering with Xenos's hunt. So right? I so I have a question here. Yeah. And like I think just spoil That's, this for me. Does the black rose come back at all after nope. this? No, it's gone. It's really gone. It's gone. And it's so gone like, because it's gone again because this is like this is what Xenos stated like you are interfering with my hunt. Yes. This will gone he at this point just he, he like at the time he left to teleport away he went and destroyed black rose all of it. That makes sense now. Yes. Given how much they were hyping that shit up earlier on, I do have to wonder if like some story stuff was getting changed between main Shadowbringers and the patch content. Mm, like it, it, it's just it's weird to me that we spent so much time worrying about the deployment of Black Rose and then have it did, did have it kind of no, like it did taken go care off. of off camera. And kind of off camera, kind of not, because we get the we get the flashbacks from I, I in guess, the like, future. We didn't do anything about we it. We didn't we didn't experience it in real time, but we did see the effects it was going to have. The whole point of Shadowbringers was to prevent it from going off. We did get to at least Chekhov's guns peer into Chekhov's future Alternate gun. Future, sure. Yeah, yeah, where it was like it did go off and we died from it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so of course, because. Xenos, maybe Xenos sees, saw that too or something. Some some other thing is just like, he knows that somehow he knows that the Black Rose um, was going to was going to kill us and, as opposed to, and he couldn't have that. He'd be too jealous. Okay. Well, you know what? I don't need to worry about it too much. Yeah. So the no, Black we, Rose uh, is gone. Um, thank goodness for everyone. <laughs> and I think more importantly though, the Garlemald is in total chaos. Two legions are fighting for control of the entire empire, the first and the third. And the the city, there's fighting, turmoil, and Xenos looks on from the top of the castle and does not give a single shit. Nope. He is accompanied now by a person in white robes, not quite the same as Elidibus's white robes. I was going to say, similar. it's not Elidibus, I don't think. No. But... Is this another Asian? Somebody who wants to help with Xenos's hunt, and his next target is to, to help him out, Zodiac himself. This is Marquis Nut. I don't know. We'll, we'll, yeah, it's, we're never going to know who this is. Back in Gate Town, the people seem to have hope. And who should overhear them? 
But Ardbert? Yeah, we're back on Yulemore, and it sure looks like someone who looks like Ardbert is saying, Hope, so long as I live, I would see that fable fl- feeble flame rekindled. But he's in us. That's ominous. How's he out of us and in us at the same time? That's I, weird. I'm going to be honest. It took me a sec to figure out what's happening here. I didn't figure it out until they said it. Yeah. Patch 5.2. Old enemies, new threats. Here we go. Quest. Okay. Back in uh, Rising Stones. We Archons also are still asleep. Maxima is here. Thanks for the update, Kryle. Maxima politely interrupts the conversation, introduces himself to Kryle, uh, and points out that the capital is in complete fucking turmoil. And ta- Raban wants a meeting to discuss the latest revelations. So we make our way to Alamigo. And who should be there in the chambers, but uh, the royal chambers, but... Black Wolf, the Black Wolf himself, Gaius. Which, yeah. like, who, we're not thrilled about. We're still well, yeah. our character. We, like, I personally, we're thrilled about it. Yes, we love, love Gaius, him. but character, our character, our character, not so much. Not so much. Reasonably, understandably mad. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to put aside our differences for the present, and we're like, ugh. God, of course we have to compromise. <laughs> because um, it turns out, like, so, like, word of that Ultima weapon that Asinian fought has gotten out, and that's concerning. Vampire is the... developing a new Ultima weapon, and the same one, you know, the, the one that they can mass use. produce. Weapon itself was destroyed, but the Emperor has somehow made progress in making a new one with help from the Seventh Legion, the one that was seemingly blown the fuck up on the Agrius in 1.0. But I guess they, like... The... But it's, like, a new Legion at this point. We don't know who is funding... Well, like, so... If you remember tier nine, uh, uh, turn nine of Bahamut, that legion was led by Nail Van Darnus. Right. That boss fight that we had to kind of scuttle through. The 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 Nail is, you know, the name inherited by Nail's sister, whose name I forget. Okay. It's like in like 1956 when the entire FBI was wiped out and they had to recruit all from scratch. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's basically a new legion. We don't know who's funding or sorting this out or leading it because this is all ap- post Gaius, but we mean to find out. And we do, however, know that prototypes are on their way to Eorzea and the Warrior of Light is needed there. Oh no, do we have to choose between the weapons and our friends? Nope. Not I mean, really. not really. No, we'll, 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 we can, you know, we're pretty, not right now, at least. <laughs> we can handle, we can handle multiple things. The, the way home is the next quest. Okay. Uh, well, for now, let's focus on the mission on the first while we have time to do so. We can also tell the scions of the events happening here. Not sure if that'll help them, but it'll make the catch-up easier when they get home, I guess. I don't know. It increases their urgency, that's for sure. They're concerned about both the weapon and, more importantly, the Empire itself, claiming it impossible to predict what's going to happen. A bold claim from Yashola, but I'm going to say, yeah, she's right. Nobody fucking <laughs> nobody fucking knew what the fuck was going to happen in Endwalker. <laughs> nobody saw what was coming. Journey home update. Uh, Uriange and Beklug have figured out a vessel. It's white aura sight, but not so limiting. It's kind of got some crystal tower mumbo jumbo in it. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it. Okay, cool. They're kind of like the crystals of light in a way, but it needs like Allegan blood to function. Gross. Yeah, pretty weird. Let's try and figure out a way to get that functioning with maybe Allegan vegan blood or something. I don't know. I mean, also, let's do the letter opener thing. Cut it, cut it, cut your palm open, and then drip it. You, on the you only has so much skin left. It's okay. mostly crystal. Okay, fair point. <laughs> Lena enters at this point, and she is just hoping to speak with us directly. And it's you know not urgent. And uh, we're like, all right, cool. We'll see you afterwards. And Alfino invites himself. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So, 
so Lena's like, um, so for at first she's like, there's like a, there's a sin eater in Lakeland. There's still a few of them around, and I could use your help killing it. I've got some of my like some of the guard with me, and you know you go with them. They could see you fight. It'd be good for morale. They could get some combat training. It'd, just, it'd be good to help, kind of help rebuild like our our martial um, prowess. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's all we go meet the members of the guard, and they're all people whose lives that you know I've touched on the battlefield field or otherwise. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're very excited to meet the warrior of darkness. Wonderful. Yes. And uh Thyler who rushes up at the end. Thyler. Thyler? Who we met at who we met at the infirmary who passed away. Thank okay. Sorry. Anyway, we go track down the Sin Eater and whoop, it's already dead. That's weird. And Alina's like, Did you kill it already while we were getting here? But no, the scouts are like, No, some other man with a big axe came out of here and killed it in like one blow. And then he <laughs> so, said he was a warrior of light. That was weird. And then he left. Who like, would even use that name anymore? That's like, Lena's like, all right, well, uh, I guess that's disappointing, but um, if he's, his mission is to kill seed eaters, I will not question his choice of alias. <laughs> and, and, then, and then finally Lena tells us what she actually wants to talk to us about, which is... Because, she, uh, because she's like, yeah, I need some time alone, Alphino. Fuck off. She's doing the thing where she's like, oh, like the Exarch has all his new friends and I feel like he's been pulling away yeah, from me. Do I hold it. him back? She's kind of like- internalizing it. She's like, is it like, am I a reminder of his past? And we're like, no, that's stupid. And yes. She's like, no. Oh, go okay. to- <laughs> oh, all right. She, all right. she, she, she cool. takes her advice pretty directly. Yeah. It, this is like every third post on every advice. She to listen. <laughs> uh, it worked out. Yeah. It's a good time. Uh, great. Thanks. For, yeah. Just nice. Always good to have a Lena moment because it it never drags on too long. <laughs> Perfect. Um. So yes, we end up with the quest. Uh. After gladdening her a bit, facing the truth, we check in with Alphano because he left before saying like, "I have a proposal, and I'll leave you two alone." <laughs> so anyway, his proposal what is, my, is what is my fucking energy? This is clearly not what's happening. People are interested in the pre-flood history now because, like, you know, the threat of apocalypse is no longer quite hanging over their heads and they want to learn about sort of the past. And uh, the reputation of the Warriors of Light is Ian Tatters. So what if we, like... So if someone's going around using that name, it could cause some fear and unrest. What if we, like, solved that problem and also set the record straight on Ardbert and his friends and just sort of, like, made it so that pe- they weren't, like, history's biggest villains? Yeah, and, let's make it. The, let's make the Asians the villains. That's exactly. Mm-hmm. And so we go all around town in, in the Crystarium, and we find people and tell them to meet us in the plaza. Uh, we we go. Um, yeah, we talk to five people. Um, and then we give a speech to like all everyone in the Crystarium in the plaza. And I did not expect that our character would have to give this speech. Oh yeah, everyone bullies us into doing it. Normally, we were it's there. like normally characters who can actually give dialogue get to give big speeches, but we do not. So we just do the pantomime speak, and then we get lots of flashbacks of like the story mm. that I'm presumably telling them. It's 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 really nice. It's so nice. Whatever, let it be. I, it's better. It's- the, the the people are duly impressed by the story of Ardbert and his companions and how they sacrificed them, their lives, and like, and everyone in the crowd immediately feels bad for thinking poorly of them. Which, like, that's a little easy. But then, as we are kind of scanning the crowd, we see a particular familiar face in the very dead center, and our our jaw drops. And then Alphino is looking pleased to the side, and he looks up at us like, "Hey, good job!" And he's looking at our jaw drops, and then he's look he looks where we he looks where we look, and then his jaw drops, <laughs> and he's like, "Is is that a ghost?" <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 
And this cocky <laughs> Elf, motherfucker. If you remember, this, Elfino is afraid of ghosts from the uh, Siren Song Sea dungeon. <laughs> you know, again, I will say the character models in this game are not always the most expressive, but it is striking how managed how they managed to make this version of Ardbert have swagger. Like, like you can tell he's like he's a cocky little asshole. Uh-huh. He takes the stage and tells everyone that he's been given new life. I don't know why, but I was going to use this opportunity to tell people the truth about the Warriors of Light. Now, everyone on this planet needs to protect it without the strangers from the other uh, the other planet that yeah. are going to be here forever. He's like, hey, like the visitors who saved us aren't going to be around forever, yeah. so we all need to rise up and become Warriors of Light ourselves to defend our home and protect our, and and protect our lives. Us, uh, uh, straight off the heels of uh, conflict with Emmett Selk, after seemingly cooperating with him, we're like... Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, we we all go like 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 it's it, it, got it, us here. It's a pretty good speech. He's like, "Hey, go go on your journeys, rise to the occasion, render aid to those in need." Any one of you could do what I did. And so back in the Crystarium, we're like, "That doesn't seem like Ardbert." And then Ishola's like, "That's definitely not Ardbert. His soul is inside you." I can see it. <laughs> And he's not a sin eater, so he's an Asian. It has to be Elidibus. Yeah, probably the last paragon. Um, given we know that he, we just learned from the source that he was just ousted of, of Xenos's thing, so suddenly Elidibus was a, a pilot without a car. Plane. Pilot without a plane. Pilots don't pilot Boat. cars. Uh, that's a captain. And, <laughs> and what does he want new warriors of light for? Aren't they the ones who killed all his friends? That's weird. But Uriange reminds us that uh, at this point that he works with Elidibus, and Uriange spills that Elidibus is a little bit more subtle than the others. He's not going to willingly invite us into his home. He's a master manipulator. He's not not necessarily the uh, arrogant prick idiot that that Emmett Selk was, or the uh, or the complete maniac that La Habrea was. So okay, we're, we're gonna have to somehow keep our wits about us. So our plan for now is just okay. Let's just we can't really interfere. Let's just keep an eye on Elidibert's movements. That's right. He is now uh, he is now Elidibert until uh, further notice. Um, we spy on him with this handy dandy crystal tower. Still, Alphino is also out there. We can just let Alphino do the recon. Um, so we take move on to the next quest: a sleep disturbed. We wait for intel from Alphino, and Yustola wants to check back on the Great Wood to follow up on some heretofore unexplored ruins in the Ravel made more accessible by the Return of the Night. Yeah, one more which, ancient Asian stuff. Yes, one which... Not not Asian, just Ronkin. Okay. Er, Ronkin stuff. Yes. One which contains the relics that describe the great calamity that befell the Ronkin Empire. Calamity? We're fucking there! <laughs> <laughs> we return into the Vs sisters, Almet, Simet, and... Halmet? We met? We met? We met? Maybe? I can't fucking no. remember. Halibut? One of those. Anyway, they, they they found more ruins. I think it's Kismet. And they're like, let's go check out those ruins. Come on. We want to check it out too. Yeah, they're very, because they're the only Vera that have, or Vs that have mm-hmm. been in the, any ruins. The rest have just had to guard them. The first thing we see is a big statue about definitely not a common beast. What the fuck is that? that- it's, it's like a chimera of like... It's like a lion with the wings of an eagle and the jaws of an eel. There's a sealed door with some pedestals, and one of them is conspicuously missing its owl. And the, of course, the overeager V's just go ahead and take the statue and awaken the obviously dangerous statue that Sentient we now have statue. to now we have to fight. Just kidding! It turns all our friends into cards. It's like a sphinx, I guess. It wants to ask us riddles. And then we do a little concentration game to get the last cards out. Okay. It's it's cool when our friends are cards, like. 
the giant tarot cards with their friends' faces on them. Listen, we, you know, I, we already went on our, our um, uh, I already went on my tirade about how tiring it is for ancient indigenous ruins to be Rube Goldberg machines. Yeah. Um, when in reality, the context was history was lost due to colonialism and the destruction thereof, not so much hidden by their own. They didn't fucking make their libraries inaccessible to people. <laughs> um and uh looks like we're about to have a whole fucking expansion of that shit. Oh, I've, <laughs> I've only seen a little bit. That's, I, I, yeah, I'm keeping it from... I'll say... I'm getting the impression that, like, post-Endwalker, you're not super thrilled with some of the direction this game is taking. We'll get we'll get back to it after we'll we there. take a little break from this game. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, we solve some riddles, we play some concentration, and then it's like, ha-ha, and the third trial is combat. And I'm like, fucking great. Could we have done that one first? That would have been nice. Uh, yeah, we could have been dead for the fucking. Uh, then if we didn't do it, we would have been dead for the card shit. At, at the end, at the end, though, it's shows like, okay, now what have we learned about statues? And do, we might just brushes it off. We were gonna have to do that anyway, and you know it. Okay. <laughs> we place an owl on the pedestal. We open the door. We find an enormous stone casket and an, a mural of a Viera holding an axe, which I guess is the legendary Archmage Tiuna. Yes. So. um... Which like the other the other sorry Viera what are they called in this world Vs the other Vs are surprised to see a mural of her because they were like she was like a legend to them and I'm like they're like thousands of years old how old how far back was this that this figure was legendary to the beings who lived for thousands of years I don't know man let's uh, uh, I feel like this every time we scrutinize the Ronkin Empire a little bit, okay. it just falls apart. It's like, but okay. Legend says that she could see into the past and into men's hearts. It's like, oh, she has the to echo. To be fair, okay. I don't have to believe the shit my grandparents told me <laughs> before they died. <laughs> so whatever. Um, yeah, we get there. Uh, we, we learn about her. We learn about the calamity and we observe something peculiar interest yeah this details mur- here this mural Th- she's a there's a, a rabbit lady surrounded by a pillar of light and a bunch of falling stars not unlike the falling stars we ha- had seen above amarat and in the mural at the katana ravel interesting yeah it seems like falling stars and a theme. people who have the power of the echo are linked in some way we yep. This is mere spirit, pure, 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 pure speculation pure at this point. Imagination to a pure speculation. I don't know. It doesn't quite. It doesn't quite scan. Doesn't quite do it. We get back to uh, well. We we on our way back to the Crystaria. Mishtola asks us to just stop by Slitherbow for a quick favor, and she's like, "Cool, I gotta clean my bedroom." <laughs> Wait. Oh, okay. I, I do think. Okay. I do think actually Ishtola does speculate a little bit more here. Sorry, I didn't want to jump ahead. Oh. But she does say here, like, is the thing that's going on here, according to her, like, could a traumatic event like the sky falling leave a deep imprint on the souls that were fragmented from sort of the world of the ancients, such that, like, everyone who is alive now on the source and in all other worlds kind of carry the sort of, like, almost genetic memory in their souls of this calamity? Generational trauma. That's definitely the metaphor they're going for. Generational trauma. I trust this game to handle that theme very well. It's consistent about it. Um, so, yes, that's... Uh, excuse me. So, the um, that's it, it, done, mm-hmm. basically. She theorizes that possibly this 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 Tiuna was a warrior of light, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and because and that the echo was like a fragment of the power that the original mm-hmm. ancients had. Yes. So that's done, and we stop by Slitherbow, clean up the place with the magic broom, um, and Runar, without our permission, goes off to make some soup for us. <laughs> there is one other thing here. Also, I'm just yes. I'm flagging it now in case it's relevant later. Alma does speculate yes. that it's possible that like perceptions are not memories mm-hmm. and maybe like what we re- remember as a meteor shower might've been something different, but that is the way that our minds are capable of processing it, which like, I don't know what that means exactly, mm. but I guess we'll, it might come up later. That's true. And you know, remembering something and being there are two different things. Uh, yes. So uh, skipping ahead to the soup. <laughs> yes. Back to the soup, back to the soup. Runar kind of, He's a little, he eavesdrops a bit on a conversation Eustola has with us before serving us the soup. And he, she's like, I'm going to miss this place. And he's like, no, she's going to miss me. I want to kiss her. Uh, so she says so much. Yeah. Skip, skipping ahead. Uh, so now we have so kind of fire. a sad soup. <laughs> sad soup. Um, twins join us. Still in luck finding Ardbert. He's just traipsing all over the place, spreading word about uh, how lost, people should be warriors of light. They lost progress. They lost progress. What? They lost um, track of him in the, the forest. Um, which makes sense. It's a big forest. It's hard to whatever. Um, and uh, so he's here somewhere and we are, you know, on track to kind of, we have a plan to lure him out, right? So if there's a sanity here, what if we just beat him to killing it? Good news. Thankred and Reen are back from the empty. Remember when they were gone before? They're back now. And treatment is also going well in Amarang. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Everything's fine. So we head out to the outer woods we find Thancred and Reen having already killed the Sin Eater, and then a cutscene begins wherein, uh, yes, a cutscene begins where we're like, okay, we're all gathered around the Sin Eater corpse, and we hear footsteps behind us, basically. Yeah, and then uh, and then Arbert walks up on us, and he's, um, sorry, Elidibert walks up on us, and he's still keeping the act up, and he's like, hey, friends, good to see you again, and we immediately ask him, like, oh, yeah, he's like, hey, this is like the, how the tables have turned, remember when, when I definitely beat you to Ravana? That was fun. Now you have beaten me to this one. Like you beat me, Ardbert, to Ravana. <laughs> or wait, backwards, was it? I'm definitely getting my story straight, just like me, Ardbert would. And we ask, like, boy, do you miss Seto? And he's like, he'll be missed. I and- just did the fist bump thing. And he was like, uh, something wrong with your hand? <laughs> and it's like, uh, and we're just like, and we're, we just immediately call him. And we're like, we're like, I thought you're supposed to be good at this. And he, he drops the act. He's like, okay, fine. You got me. Yeah, it's me. It's Elidibus. I'm in here. Great. You know, whatever. I'm not telling you my plans. Like, Emmett Selk did that, and that was dumb. That was, that was dumb, and he died. When we said what Emmett Selk had a change of heart at the end, once we got through to him with violence. He was a big softy in the end. <laughs> yes. Um, and Elidibus says, uh, he has a bit of a different take. These people barely remember the, the warriors of light from this world after 100 years. And, like, the Viera barely remember their grandparents. <laughs> Be the Vs, whatever. And then we would be tasked with remembering the Asians from tens of thousands of years ago? Don't think so. Uh, there's no common ground here. There's no goal that we share. I have a duty to to preserve uh, and bring back those lost in, 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 in the final days. And I'm going to keep doing it. He's like, you fail and fail and learn nothing. Uh, you you forget yourselves. There is no common ground here for none is needed. I have my duty. I Again, I'm curious. Are we going to get kind of an Emmett Selk level sort of like insight into this guy? Or is he going to be much more of the just like, nope, I am the final one and I'm going to make this happen. And you don't need to know anything about my motivations. We, well, uh, yeah, that's a great, always a great question. We, of course, know that he's, I mean, he's quite a bit more reserved than 
if than he, the other two. If we kill him at the end of this post-patch content, then I really have no idea what Endwalker is about. <laughs> <laughs> he seeks to enact the will of the convoca- convocation. We mentioned that already. I'm going to skip ahead. So ultimately, we don't know how his plan of recruiting Warriors of Light is going to kind of enable his goal or the enable the the rejoining. But we at least know who he is. And so where should we go for more information? Probably to the ASEAN home place in the dip, in the ruins, in the Tempest. There's probably more real ruins in the Tempest where the Ando live, right? They all live in these structures. One mm-hmm. of them has to maybe be a library or something. I don't know. We're out of other ideas. What if we just go look at the ruins again? Yes. Um, so deep designs... Um, we we teleport to the Ando Cups. We reunite with Tolshath, one of our Ando contacts. I think the Pearl guy. Uh, and he knows of a place, which is good. But they've got no guides to spare because their shit got stole. Their livers got stole by a more belligerent tribe of Ando that are, that are described as bottom feeders that resort to thievery and murder in the name of revenge. Revenge for taking the air away. But it's pretty it's indiscriminate revenge at best. I have some thoughts about this. Um they stole some livers, get them back for us. Uh we're told they stole some livers. <laughs> they stole some livers and also some other stuff while we are in there. We go- Okay, we do find the other stuff that they stole. I'm just I'm just saying the only actual evidence that we get that these guys are doing anything is that the other Ando who likes us told us that they are. We could be walking to the middle of like a territory dispute that we do not actually know the, the truth of. Listen, we <laughs> But we if anyway. They have, if they don't go, have guides to spare, if they don't have guides to spare. We gotta, we gotta yeah. Okay, out. we we go get it. We go get the levers back. We find out they've been taking taking stuff from the surface as well. Yeah. Um. It's all because like the air bubble is still down here. Bismarck might have permanently fucked up the local ecology pretty badly. <laughs> so, whoops. <laughs> so I don't know where the long term solution to this is, but um, uh, we we turn the rivers. We talk about the produce and Tolls mentions the ruins might be the key to the Benthos's plans and that they're planning on claiming the ruins for themselves because their queen will be giving birth. But the Tempest itself at this point is not super breathable. So this is a terrible place to raise your kids, right? Unless it's for an army for revenge. This is pretty thin. Yeah, it's pretty thin. Like, I'm Revenge, half convinced, baby! We're, I'm half convinced we're just driving them out of the ruins so that our Ando can go occupy the ruins themselves. But anyway, whatever. We don't. We can't care about this right now. We get we to just, the ruins, and we go, need to go deep as fork in the Tempest. So we'll need a whale. We need to get Bismarck again. A whale's tail. <sighs> to Bismarck. Back, back up to Sullen. <laughs> but yeah, now we go up to f- fucking depressing. Uh... The village of Sullen. Yes. So how do we get back to Bismarck? We swim. Well, Orianger, who's got a plan. Instead of swimming, he's just going to walk on the water because fuck that swimming shit, right? Uh-huh. He makes it, he casts a spell, makes it about 10 steps across the water, which is admittedly very impressive. Yeah, I mean, then Jesus managed what, like six? Losing concentration and then falling in. Uh, Thancred then in full body armor jumps in and saves him. I'm glad you noticed that too. I also was like, Thancred has dozens Hella of cast. pounds of equipment on him. He can swim. That that gunblade looks heavy. Uriange that succeeded before a while ago, but cannot recreate the success. We wonder why. Maybe they're just super tired, or maybe their soul is fraying away bit by bit. We need to hurry. Who knows? Anyway, we just take a boat there like normal people. Yeah, <laughs> new right next to us. We didn't need, didn't need to do any of this. We ask Bismarck. Bismarck immediately agrees. He's like, he wants to go up and fly and kind of. We, no, sorry, we have to. No, we clean have to go remove some fucking barnacles. barnacles. Gross. Then he agrees. Get some. Get get the vibrosis out of our system. 
then he wants to clean some more stuff off him. So he's like, I'll fly in the air for a bit. You should get the trees and shit off so they don't kill you. <laughs> so it'll take some time. And then like, and at this point, Rena's like, okay, what if all of us here just like took a break for like five minutes and relaxed? And Thancred's like, what? No, impossible. Uh, yeah, he's mad. But then she gets pouty and we're like, fine, we'll rest our old people knees. Um, so we do that and we're like, well, we, well, I guess I can't complain about the view and it pans I, out over the lake and it's depressing and raining and terrible. I will say, Sullen has a nice terrace set up. They got like little tables with chairs and stuff like that. Like One of just... the islands of Sullen is called Weed. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, they, they all got like four names. It's like Weed, is that where... Brick, uh, Hole. Is that where like and... all the, the 18 year olds from Amarang go? Yeah, man. <laughs> like... Hey, we're going over to weed tonight. <laughs> we're going to pick some stuff up and bring it back. <laughs> oh, man. And then the farthest island out is just called Meth. <laughs> Don't go there. Do not go to the farthest island out. Okay. The village itself is shaped like anal beads. <laughs> This is a degenerate place. No wonder it's Anyway, solid. we relax for all like five minutes when someone calls for help. Help! So, of course, we go rush. They were attacked by bandits on the road to the Crystarium. We're like, oh, okay, it's bandits. We'll go handle it. But we get there, and it turns out the locals have apparently already handled the situation. Hell yeah. It's a, it's our friends, the guards from before, who nice. we met and didn't kill at Sin Eater with. And they're doing off-duty patrols out of the goodness of their hearts, because they're really taking the stuff that Elidibert was saying to heart. We're like, okay. Good. We're Keep like doing that. We like this seems concerning, but we can't really put our finger on why. So um, because an Asian, we're concerned because an Asian wants you to do this, and when an Asian wants you to do something, it is usually towards their goal of a rejoining. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> beneath the surface, you ready for? Is he coming back? Is he coming back? Yeah. Okay. It's time for appearance number two. Dungeon recap coming. Hello, I'm back. For how, how do I say, how to say this? Man, I can't even pronounce this normally. The, the jazz dungeon. <laughs> we ride on Bismarck's back for a bit, and then we ride in the jazz dungeon. We get the breath there. It's cool. It's a cool jazz remix of the first dungeon ever. You pointed this out. I did not catch it. I I wasn't there. This is the first Jerome time I ever said this. Yeah, that was me. That was me. Ah, oh, cool. Good job. Anyway, the first boss is called Unknown. This summons a clone of himself. And you got to do a bunch of spinning mechanics and lasers and stuff. It's so cool. Dungeon Recap. Good job. Killed this one. Second boss is a Crystal Minotaur. Minotaur summoned from crystals. And put a blade on the ground. At some point, I expect you to also contribute. Is this one with the hammers or? It's the hammers and the blades. Good it's job. The hammer symbols and the sword symbols. Yeah. And the, okay, yeah, sure. I remember details. I know things. Awesome. Yeah. This one was not so bad. Then the final dungeon is the turtle with tits. <laughs> it's the turtle with tits. Yep. This turtle's got big breasts. Why? <laughs> Why? To nurse her young. With milk? <laughs> with, with salt water. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, turtles. Notoriously, definitely around for their young. 
anyway, she does what? Just, she she splits the arena and then sends water hands and then just like right, and all then, the water hands and then the water grates and then there's bubbling in the grates and you're supposed to do the same mechanic that you're doing, Sastasha, which is stand on the grates and you didn't do any of that. <laughs> Wait, you dumbass! <laughs> it's the same dungeon as Sastasha. <laughs> when do you stand on the grates in Sastasha? At the final move! The one that goes down in like 40 seconds every time we fight. Okay. I haven't had to do that mechanic, like do that, do that mechanic That's in fair. like a year and a half. I'm sorry I called you a dumbass. <laughs> that was that was a bit extra. <laughs> but it's how you're supposed to solve it. Everyone knows that. Stand on the grates. Okay. Right. It doesn't really, it's not really that hard. Right? We just killed the ads and then everyone kind of gave you a side eye. Afterward. Oh, I'm dead now. Do I get my check? Yes. Here you go. It's your check. It's in... It's in uh, it's 50 South African Rand. Heck yeah! <laughs> I got my Rand! All right. I like that guy. <laughs> okay, anyway. Goblin. We made it through the dungeon, and we get to a giant floating crystal storage room where it seems like the ancients used to store concepts in their crystal databases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. We learned about those concepts from the... What's it? Which one was it? The debate club? Uh, it was the, the architecture building. Architecture in, building. Got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so Ishtol's like clearly it was a facility of some significance, and then immediately like a little glowy pillar lights up, and a projection starts playing. Yeah. Uh, we're shown a visage of ancients in a visage in of ancients in robes at the concept library, and faded Shadowbringer music plays. Can you imagine if like. Five hundred years from now, someone like walks into the ruins of this building and just like steps into your apartment and like steps on a tape player, and this podcast starts playing. <laughs> I, it, it could be, could be. I mean, twelve thousand more, like right. But yeah, five hundred would still be that would that would be pretty meaningful uh, if if our recordings lasted that long. Anyway, um, so th- this is a meeting between the that would ancients- be like my version. I mean, I guess five hundred or two hundred even would be like my version of like my my descendant that I don't have <laughs> finding out that like I'm their fire ship captain Barbatsis, You know, <laughs> like wait, my great 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 grandfather had a Final Fantasy fourteen podcast. I love Final Fantasy. My favorite one is Final Fantasy thirty eight. <laughs> We did just get like the seventeenth, the seventy eighth expansion for Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> My God, Final Fantasy fourteen still going two hundred years now. Uh, now Kiyoshida is just a head in a jar. <laughs> the last three of them have just been set in the first and the light desert. <laughs> All right. Okay. Anyway, um, the ancients recording. These are the ancients who were against the whole zodiac thing and so are now scheming to yes, summon Heidelin. We learned about these people. Not too much, because Emmett Sugg did not much care for their perspective. <laughs> yes, and and they're like, look, they're like, look, we warned them about Zodiac, and they didn't listen. Even the defector didn't side with us, and we were kind of counting on that. Yeah. So they're prepared to follow their chosen course, um, even if it means eternal condemnation. So they're going to bring forth eternal light. Recording ends. Um, oh, and the leader of these seeming rebels named Vana cal- calms the tensions in there by remen- remembering, reminding everyone that everyone, even on the other side, is trying to work for the betterment of the planet. Right. So we, we calm down. Uh, and if, if we are prepared to pursue this chosen course, even if it means the condemnation of our brethren. So we got to do this without hate in our hearts. Um, and I think that's important because of the way creation magics kind of have been explained to work about emotions okay. and you know like people suffering from despair in the final days were ending up summoning creations of so we're kind of shown hints that these people summoned Heidelin out of compassion 
Yes. Um, yes. And th- that's important because she seems nice. Yeah. Like, but yeah, there's uh, maybe, the, maybe there's, there's still a lot we don't know, right? But we, this is the first we le- learn of the name Vina. Um, yes, I also noted that. And yes. then we actually, a second a second recording, we managed to do that. I do want to point out that Vina is also a name that is used once in Final Fantasy XII mm. um, as a, yeah, as another sort of ambiguous character, uh, motively ambiguous, kind of like a, there's a, that character kind of fits a really interesting gray area. So, and those who know about Vina and were there at the release of this patch were like, is this Vina good or not? <laughs> Weird. We are not sure why they're using this name in particular. <laughs> Um, it, but like, of course, they're, they they chose that for a reason, right? They, yes. they harken back to twelve for a reason. Another th- another thing that harkens back to the twelve are the seats of the ass, the convocation of fourteen. Sure. Um, the Emmet Selk, uh, La Habrea, those are all things in, that are kind of in the deeper lore of Final Fantasy twelve. Oh yeah, I had no idea about that. Yeah. Wait, so so they are the paragons I... of light, I believe, in twelve. So they kind of flipped it on his head. If I knew that, would I understand what their titles no. meant more? No, no not at all. No. Okay. No, 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 no. It's just a theme table. Uh, say, Zodiac it, it, is also there, and uh, yeah, and so is Ultima, who we've already dealt with. Got it. Okay. And some other thing, but like, yeah, they're basically just like it's a name, so it's like a like yes and no, right? They're like they're references, and they're different versions of things. Like a, the version of Evilise is not the same Evilise, but it's a different. Got it. Okay. Anyway. So this version of Vanaa is not the same one, but at the time when 5.2 was the most current content, boy, did that cause a lot of fucking... Because <laughs> Vanaa is it's a, a very late game figure introduced, and we're like, what is that? <laughs> like, this is what a, a very mysterious thing. And I don't know. I, I don't want to spoil 12 for you because I think 12 is very, very, very good and worth playing still to this day, especially with the remake. But moving on. Um Obviously okay. an important character. Yep. We also learned that Vana offers herself to be the heart of the new creation, much like Elidibus was to Zodiac. Which is interesting because then, that, that the that, then, then it cuts out. <laughs> like that implies that our Elidibus is not the Elidibus who offered up to Zodiac because it's, it's a title, right? So like at least right now I'm assuming that like we now have a second individual using the name, the title of Elidibus, mm. but like a different Elidibus was the one that became the core of Zodiac? I yes. The question it then begs us to ask, the, 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 the scions are... Begging to ask is like, who is this Elidibus? Is this the same one? Um, is it the successor, or is it a successor? Like, what? Yeah, what's the but what's the timeline here? Ishola thinks that doesn't sound quite right. So, hmm. why do you think she doesn't think it's right? I, I don't know. Like, like, she's like something like that does not strike her as like plausible. Like, she thinks something else is going on here. Yep. Okay. And she's like, well, the machine is broken out of energy. I'm going to stay back and keep trying to fix it. Yeah. Um, so we head to the final quest, Echoes of a Fallen Star, the title of the patch. Oh boy. But yeah, this is, uh, this is a, a, a decent, a decent bomb here. Back in the Crystarium, turns out most people want to be warriors of light now. Um, and it's destabilizing the economy. Like, could somebody please be an electrician of light or a plumber of light? Just we- <laughs> set up a rotating shift system. Be like, okay, I want to be warriors of light. Great. You can spend three months out in the field doing warrior of light you stuff need and then to three have, months back. You need in- to have a mission. <laughs> There is a adventurer's guild back on the source for a reason. That is how we determine the amount of work that we need for adventurers. So he's like, look, can the entire city guard just like not resign immediately? Like, just let me figure this out. And that's not super popular. Like, they all want to go off and do exciting stuff. So um, 
And they all they all see they, they, some of them spot us and like rush up and like you understand, don't you? They, we want to be just like you. We want to look after this place after you leave. Yeah, we had to fucking wait for decent quests for like an entire expansion. <laughs> <sighs> Give it time. It's been a week. <laughs> Alpha was like, we can't tell them they're mistaken about this. We can. <laughs> Okay, but anyway, suddenly there's a noise up above us, and yeah, we look up. Yeah, before we get the chance to do so, mm-hmm. the weather starts to change, kind of like just Chicago, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a like a storm rolling in. Yeah, a storm rolls in, and then a giant fireball forms and begins spitting out meteors over everything, and it's a star shower, and then everyone around starts clutching their head and going, not, "Hear, feel, think." Not everyone. Okay, some but people. A- more people than should they should there should be <laughs> a good half dozen people start doing the hear feel think thing where there was normally you know maybe one it's like perfect pitch it's like suddenly everyone's like that's a g <laughs> and then uh, ardbert strides forward ready to rally them and all of a sudden this the, this is a weird transition in the sky is suddenly clear and ardbert looks around and is like what you heard is the voice of light itself and it blessed you with its power welcome to the fold and, warriors at, of light at this point I will say this, because Elidibert clearly faked the illusion with the meteor shower, I also was assuming that Elidibert was faking the voices in their heads to make them believe they had received the power of light. I am now less certain about that after the stuff we're about to learn here. Yeah. Um, so we hear Adeline, everyone's turning into Warrior of Light. What's his deal? At that After that point, Alphano does you know the prudent thing to run up and ask him what his deal is. And Elidibert says, "I'm no, I don't think I'm going to tell you what my deal is. Uh, the stars were an illusion. That weakens a bit of power it left in sundered souls. And, uh, you know, the, 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 I won't tell you about my plan, but I'll tell you a little bit about the world around you. Heidelin is always broadcasting the voice and just summons a little bit of Comet whenever she needs new warriors. Yeah, yes. This is like, it's like, this is so... I guess that's the more energy sufficient, energy efficient way of doing things. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's kind like of backwards, a server right? that's running all the time. It, you don't want to keep turning it off and on. It's not that Heidelin chooses her champion and bestows the echo on them, and like the vision of the comet storm is like a sign of that. It's that ever. It's like it's that like people have sort of the potential for the echo inside them always, and she triggers it by kind of awakening the, by by triggering the memory, which causes people to be receptive to her constantly broadcasting call. Yes, and if you hearken back to day one of the adventure. Not, and I look back at the cutscenes for this, um, and this is very smart. Now, the first cutscene you get into when you make your character, you're just kind of floating in the ethereal sea. You hear your voice, you see La Habrea, right? And you throw your weapon of light at it, depending on your class. But the moment you are dropped that crystal of light and you pick it up, what do you see? A shooting star. That's okay. <laughs> Go back and watch it. It's there. I was fucking flabbergasted, and I could not tell you until now. I was like, "That's retroactive," but that's, that's extremely sharp. Smart. Uh-huh. That was a good pickup. They're like, "What can we use from?" Because they didn't plan this far ahead. But that story beat but is very good. They had raw material to work with. Greg, I. I- I I got to share a piece of bad news though. What's up? Because it's at this point that I realized that um unfortunately I think Final Fantasy 14 might be a homestuck. What does that mean? It means that the whole premise of the homestuck is that a meteor shower destroys the world but it awakens the power within a small group of individuals to reshape a new reality based on their willpower. Okay. 
I was like, fuck it, goddammit. Okay, anyway. Well, let's... I, I Yeah, I couldn't follow along with that webcomic. I was okay with MS Paint Adventures. I haven't read it in a while. Maybe it doesn't hold up. I don't know. Um, eh, some of the humor is very yeah. early 2010s edgelord stuff. 2010? Is it really 2010s? MS Paint Adventure? Actually, I'm up to like 2000... I feel like it was aughts. Anyway... No, you're right. It was like I didn't, earlier. I anyway, I couldn't deal with, uh, with Homestuck. We don't need to go on this tangent. I just wanted to make a few of our listeners very angry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, feel free to leave some angry opinions about it in our Discord. So the, um, but that's that's very. I didn't know that was the full. Pre- I knew. I, ah, gosh. Anyway, we, we can't, can't, we can't get into it. Why fucking bring it up? <laughs> I'm blaming you. Um, so uh, the we then after we uh, after all this, we have a new bunch of stronger warriors of light here and. Well, we can't stop strong, them. They're not as strong as us, but they are stronger than they were before. Can't stop them, so we may as well see them off. After we see them off, we return to the ocular. We recap the uh, what basically what happened to the patch, <laughs> and the to, to the to to Graha, and the tasks are, and the tasks are tasked with getting rest. What? What? Um. And the scions are tasked with getting rest. Yes. I wrote. I was apparently very done with this. Thancred is trailing Elidibert. Ishtola is still doing her examination stuff. Um. The Exarch and uh, Becklug are still working on the crystal testing the vessel stuff. Alfie and Reen will try and shore up stuff at the Crystarium, and I'm gonna get some goddamn rest. So we go. I go back to my hotel room. Go cuts in at the end. We are on my back. The innkeeper tells us there's a visitor, and depending on which character, uh, which. Uh, Roll quest you've done, you can kind of beckon a conversation with them. We chose Giot mm-hmm. for this just because that was who we happened to have done. Um, so, uh, yeah, tell us about what happened with Giot in this conversation. Well, she, she overheard that I was staying here and she had to find me. Um, after finishing an entire stein of beer, she's uh, pissed off about the whole Ardbert situation because she doesn't like that he's kind of being puppeted around like this. And it's like, mm. what if we just punch him out? It'd be really easy. You could just uh, physically assault him. <laughs> and... <laughs> That wouldn't look good. It would not look good. It would not do us credence to our story. But so she, at the end, she's just like, look, I just want you to make me proud. And then she departs. Okay. All right. It was nice. That's kind of cool. Yeah. There's, there's, of course, you could choose whichever one you want if you did multiple, but whatever. Um, so at this point, we get a meanwhile. Number one. Meanwhile, meanwhile, first, the first. Umbilicus stuff. The vessel research with the three uh, dorks uh, is... Continuing, but not quite succeeding with the magical imbuement of the vial, but it's taking its toll on Graha's crystal body. That's yes, all we get. It's more crystallized. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we see Amarad again. The, the city final of the days. Yeah. Why are we here? Why is Xenos here? Xenos oh, is striding among the fire and carnage. Oh, he's dreaming about it. Maybe his resonant powers are giving him some sort of transferred soul memory imprint of the final day and he's or maybe he's no it says he's always dreamt of it so i guess okay so some soul fuckery going on here too yeah and then he wakes up and he's sitting in a weird techno chair in an orb chamber which is yeah. not the usual throne mm-hmm. so and that is going to do it well we he then gets i think the white robe guy right yeah it's, the white it's like, guy says anything important indeed could emmet selk have found a way precious few remember the final days whatever okay oh yeah he is emmet selk's grandson oh zeno says okay i was like the white robed guy yes that's a spoiler or no yeah no 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 yeah 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 uh so it could be that same thing about i'm uh, wait the well, soul 
The soul, maybe the soul passed it on genetically. What was what was the name of the emperor who founded Garlemald? Solus. Yeah, Solus. Was was that? That's Emmett Selk. But like, was that Emmett Selk possessing some dude's body, or was no, that Emmett Selk like just Emmett Selk having okay. a body that looked okay, like okay. his body? Got it. Okay. The name Sola. So so started. literally, Xenos is his descendant. Yeah. His, Got his, it. His, his uh, grandchild. Boy, I don't know how soul stuff works with genetics, but uh, this you know, is honestly, further explained in some side content. I, I'm sure it is. I am. 100% it is not further explained in the MSQ, but basically, it is sort of a generational memory kind of soul imprint that somehow skips a generation. Got it. Varus didn't know shit about it. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, his otherwise, agenda might have been a little bit He would not have different. been caught off guard as, quite as much. He, he may not have been like, we're going to take it back from the Asians because he would not have, he would have known about the final days. Uh-huh. Which maybe that's why Xenos didn't quite care <laughs> Look, <laughs> about the whole agenda. You know? Xenos might have like, from a very young age all, been like, he, this, he, this, he's but, always had these dreams about like, man, this fucking old civilization and debt. No one is, we're all gonna fucking die. There's something in his soul that just says the end is coming, right? And he doesn't. He's very nihilist, um, and I think that adds a lot of weight to his character personally. Like I actually really like this. I think a lot of people don't get it so much. They're like, they don't understand that like this this sort of immaterial genetic imprint that is true to life. <laughs> that that a lot of what made Emmett Selk sort of. Uh, Mopey and megalomania, maniacal kind of passed on to Xenos. Yeah, and, that makes sense. Xenos is kind of the perfect breeding ground for you know privilege and that, like, like, solitude for his whole life. All of the weird in a fickle human body. All of the weird fucked up trauma stuff that Emmett Selk has, but none of like the background as an ancient. Just sort mm-hmm. of all of it just dumped into Xenos with like no context. Yeah, yeah, that that that's pretty horrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So, yeah. That is going to do it for the recap for 5.2. B segments are just going to take a B rake for a little moment. Uh, Of course, we do uh, maybe want to spend a little time paying our bills. Mm -hmm. So if you would like to take us to the market board, that would do us all a favor. We're going to read some Yeah, actually, I was turned on to these guys by one of our listeners. Um, they, uh, I think they knew which content we were covering today. They saw there was a bit of a synergy there. So this week we are sponsored by Crystals, only it's spelled with an X instead of a C and a Z instead of an S. So it's like Crystals. Um, they are a new sort of crystal import-export distributor. You know, I'm, really, I'm really reeling at the use of the letter X, but go on. So what they offer is, so they take um, pieces of quartz, uh. and then over the graves of famous historical figures, they dip them in the blood of the English royal family in order to infuse some of the essence of the souls of big individuals from history uh, into them, and then they sell and they, they ship them to you. So we're actually we have a cross promotion. It's a double cross promotion this oh, week. Oh, so the X is like cry is Christos. Yes, it's Christos. Christos. Christos crystals. Christos and Esti, yes. Yes. They actually they don't they don't actually have the Christ crystals up right now. Oh, They're okay. sold out of those. They uh had a bit of a bit of a problem getting them across the border. But, you know, a special deal right now. You can get um crystals that are infused with the soul of Robert J. Oppenheimer himself. So oh. if you know, if you want to have that as part of your movie memorabilia alongside the movie poster or any of the other popcorn buckets and stuff you might be bringing back from currently the number two film at the box office, above Mission Impossible seven somehow, then uh <laughs> then then you should uh check out Crystal 
Crystals, crystals, with an X dot com. That they got that com on that one. I think that's a Kai, isn't it? It's a Kai. Yeah, it's okay. But it's not. But it's not Elon Musk's weird X thing with the double line. It's just regular. We're not that Unicode. That's a different Unicode. It's it's a different X. Yeah, they just got that com for this one. Weirdly enough, no one else had this spelling of the word crystals. But these crystals are brighter than the X logo in San Francisco, if I'm to understand. Oh yes, they 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 radiantly glow with the infused light of various dead figures, like. Um, but the LED is color customizable. But I'm halfway through this, and I'm realizing that none of the examples I can come up with are in good taste. So we're just gonna say we're just gonna say that you should check out their catalog yourself. Uh huh. Absolutely. Well, that's the, thank you so much to Christos for your uh, for your sponsorship. You can go to Christos dot uh, gr and get a uh, enter in the promo code at checkout for uh, Storm Buds. That is. X T O R M B U D S U D C. Sorry, Stormbuds, <laughs> and uh, you will get five point two percent off your taxes. And remember, that's Christos.gr. It's dot com. But then the taxes will get like taken out of the sale, so it's really just sale. But like we have to say the taxes and credit card fees, and and the credit card fees and shipping. But the shipping will also come from the taxes, which will also it's, come from the thing. I think it's technically media mail, so it's not bad. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know how they manage that. I can't ship anything media mail that isn't books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, that is going to do it for this episode of Stormbuds. Thank you so much for listening. Links to our socials are in the description of the episode, including our Discord. And our Discord's a great place to be if you want to be a part of our live episodes, part of the discussion of the Final Fantasy XIV Fan Fest that we're having. Honestly, our most active channel in the Discord is the spoiler channel, No Alex Allowed. Um, <laughs> it's so, very which is frustrating. Really, which I'm sorry. <laughs> It's a temporary... You can go back and look at the previous messages once you're done with them. Okay. <laughs> but, yes, it was just it's just how it is. Um, uh, so if you want to be part of the one-sided conversation without Alex, <laughs> you can absolutely join uh, and uh, connect with us there. Um, uh, next episode, we're going to cover 5.3, just 5.3, and the uh, frequ- tank roll quests. Tank roll quests, okay. And we'll have a B segment for that one because we'll have more time. Uh, <laughs> more than first vlogger? Uh, oh God, maybe. <laughs> I might throw this up, up for it after after the dungeon goblin. I mean, yeah, we'll see if the dungeon goblin can play sax too. That'd be great. Um, but until next, we meet again. Born from buds, storm of buds. We've been the storm buds, baby. Good night. Bye bye. Are you okay? I'm trying to sneeze, but it's too dark. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) You have to put that at the end. I don't. I'm trying to sneeze, but it's too dark. It's like like a photosensitivity reflex reflex thing. Yeah, I have that too, but okay. (laughs)